0: just with the person who holds the mic. It's good to see you, and welcome, and a real real warm welcome to those also joining us online. It's good to be together here at Romford. And uh, tonight we have our, our, one of our regular sort of coffee and chat. So people in the church have been offered a coffee. Many refuse because they don't want to stay awake all night. They don't know how long the service is going on. They might have been regretting the choice of no coffee before the end. But it's a real warm welcome to Pete and Louise. Our link missionaries with BMS, World Mission, and they work in Bangladesh. And they tell me that they normally expect a service to go on for six hours. And it would be rude not to give them a cultural experience, wouldn't it? (laughs) Of Romford. (laughs) But it's really great to see you. And we're going to hear so much more from you this evening. As we gather, we uh, spent this morning talking about being thankful and people have been saying to me all day every time something happens what can we find to be thankful in that so obviously somebody was listening this morning but uh, we can find so much to be thankful for and when we hear some of the stories from Bangladesh I'm sure we're going to feel thankful for where we live but also thankful to BMS World Missionaries and missionaries like Pete and Louise, who goes and takes the good news of Jesus in word and action across the world. And we know our other link missionaries, the McDonald's, who are not obviously here tonight and who work in East Asia, would be also those taking the good news, where the good news can't go very easily. And so as we think about how blessed we are And we are blessed. We are blessed. We want to praise God. And the psalmist says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. There's so much in that psalm, isn't there? There's so much we could look at. But I wonder tonight, have we come to worship with gladness? Or have we come to think, oh, it's Sunday, I ought to go. Gladness, joy, choice, something we can thank God for. And so whether we're here in the building or at home watching this online, Let's be glad because God is with us. And we sing our first song, which we'll stand in, the con- stand in the church too. If you want to stand at home, you can too. It's that fairly new song that talks about the victor's crown. Let's stand as we sing. As we just uh, come towards the conversation, we're going to hear stories from Bangladesh And the work God's doing it there. But as our song just said, God has overcome. And Lord, the God who has the victory, we want to give you all honor and praise tonight. That you have overcome everything we could face. And Lord, tonight, as we talk together, may we be reminded that Jesus is on the throne. And your will will be done. And Lord, we know the end of the story. Jesus is going to come back. And there will be a victory. And so Lord, in that context tonight, we worship you. And we are thankful that we can be here with you. Amen. Please do sit down. And I want to invite, because apparently they won't come forward until they're invited, because that's a Bangladeshi thing. And so, I, I mean, you know, I know in the Houses of Parliament, they drag you if you want to be the Speaker, don't they? <laughs> Please do come and join us. It's good to see
1: you.
0: Yeah, you can get rid of that now, you're at the front <laughs> One of the one of the advantages of being the preacher is you don't have to wear it. You see. Uh, hopefully the mics are all working. Let's just check. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think the red light's meant to be in. Try the other one. No, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Good evening. All right, you're not me. Like, keep talking, Pete. Hello. Are you hearing me? Try. Are you what, you, w-
2: you should do this. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Internationally, when everyone's in front of a microphone, they go bang, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. And when they're, when they're doing the call to prayer in, uh, in, in the area we live in, which, as you know, happens five times a day, the call to prayer, we always know it's coming because we hear someone on a microphone going bang, 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 bang. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we go, here we go, prepare yourselves.
0: <laughs> and then it should be followed by some feedback, shouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's a joy to have you and uh, we're going to, it's just general conversation tonight and we're going to ask questions and that. I'm going to start off assuming some people don't even know you, okay, and uh, just to get a bit of the background to you, so Pete, Louise, I'm not going to address the questions to one of you all evening, I'm just going to let you fight it out amongst yourselves and worry about it in the car on the way back, (laughs) Uh, but... um, Tell us a bit about yourselves and uh, what was life like before BMS World Mission? Uh,
3: We have agreed we're going to alternate. Okay. So, randomly. (laughs) Random (laughs) alternation. (laughs) Random alternation. Mm -hmm. So, my name is Louise. Um, Before I went to Bangladesh, I was uh, working for North Somerset Council, uh, doing safeguarding training. Uh, My professional background is child protection social work. We lived in a place called Whirl in Western Supermare, and Pete was the minister of Whirl Baptist Church. Uh, We'd arrived in Western Supermare via Stafford, which is where we had our children, and before that we were in Aberdeen, which is where we met and got married. So life was a busy family life of teenage boys just heading off to university, getting to the end of having to go swimming every evening and going, "Oh, <laughs> we don't have to have tea at 5 o'clock. We can uh, plan our lives. So just before going out to Bangladesh, we just reached that point where our children had gone off to university.
0: OK. And what interests do you have? What hobbies did you, did you have or do you still have that... Uh, <laughs> You know, to f- just get a picture of you <laughs> as whole people.
2: Most of our hobbies and interests are, are kind of outdoor things. So we like climbing mountains and cycling. And uh, we enjoyed skiing occasionally. And generally all sport outdoor things. I have been a committed Manchester City supporter all my life, having grown up in Manchester. So we, we like, essentially we liked all the things that we can't do in Bangladesh.
0: <laughs> Are there, <laughs> mountains no there mountains? There's no mountains. No, no, there.
2: no mountains or hills. Uh, yeah, and and no space in the city of Dhaka to to cycle or to to walk that safely even. So it's so it's it's been one of the biggest changes and challenges for in terms of lifestyle of many of the things we used to do to relax and for enjoyment we uh, we could no longer do.
0: I remember meeting you at um, IMC, uh, it's changed its name and I'm not sure it's still there now, but the Baptist uh, Missionary Training College in Birmingham, International Mission Centre and I remember meeting you there, was that four years ago now or how long? Yeah,
3: so we've been in Bangladesh for nearly four years, so it would have been four years ago, yeah.
0: So, four years ago, how has life changed for you in the last... In four year, the last four years to what it was before?
3: In some ways, I'm still doing child protection training. <laughs> I'm doing it in Bangla. I'm doing it in Thai. I'm working with people in Nepal. So on behalf of BMS, I'm doing safeguarding lead with our partners. So that feels very familiar. We go to church. <laughs> Pete speaks at lots of big meetings. I do a lot more preaching than I ever did in, in the UK, uh, so some things are very similar. We go to the market, we go shopping, we cook our meals, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's all in the most amazingly diverse, colourful, vibrant, chaotic country imaginable, and we live in Dhaka with uh, 21 million other people and we used to live in a very quiet part of western supermare where you could go a little while without seeing a car so overwhelmed by people now Um, I don't know what to say actually it's just apart from the fact that we go shopping and cook for ourselves I think the whole of our lives have turned upside down
0: and family obviously you left family behind you haven't taken them all with you what family have you got
2: and we've got two boys and uh, they are now 25 and 23 and uh, yeah so when we, when we left they were 21 and 19 and they're just uh, Callum was well into university and Jonah was just starting so the, bigg- the one of the biggest challenges and questions before going was, was the effect that going might have particularly on Jonah uh, as the younger one just starting off at university but we thank Thank God that, that they're, they're well-grounded. Mm. <laughs> We're not sure how that happened, but they're, they're well-grounded. Uh, and they've, they've done really well and are really supportive of us for being in Bangladesh. Uh, they're both... Uh, well, Callum, the older one, is just about... He's been at King's in London just doing uh, medicine training. And uh, so he'll be, he'll be a doctor in the summer. And Joan did geophysics at Imperial in London. So they've both been London-based these last few years, which, again, has been lovely for us because for a period they lived together <laughs> and kind of kept each other uh, company and uh, and they both get on well together. So we're blessed by them. And they say to us, they said to us actually soon after we'd gone and and. Uh, we were asking how they were and they were checking out how how we were getting on. And they were saying, just be clear, mum and dad, you can't come back too soon. Because, <laughs> because we've been we've been telling our our mates what you're doing and how virtuous it is and everything else. And it'll just be so uncool if you come back now, having having, <laughs> having bombed out on the mission field, you know. <laughs> you have gotta stick and make this happen. <laughs>
0: why leave Western Supermare and the seaside of England the lovely green land with um, you know what is a lovely place and leave your boys and do that when you sort of life is meant to start slowing down a bit to go across the world what what insanity led you to do this?
3: (laughs) I suppose, actually, the insanity had always been in Western Supermare. So, we had, when I was 18, I went to Israel and went went on the kibbutz, came back, went to Bible college, and felt really called to to go and work in a Muslim country, which I was going to go and do, but it became too unsafe to go. Uh, and then I then trained as a social worker, and Pete had always had spent a year in Pakistan and come back really committed to the Muslim outreach, or living in a Muslim country. So when we first got married, we were kind of like, yeah, both of us feel that God has called us to, at some point, go overseas. And, and in a way, the mystery has always been how we ended up in Stafford, followed by Western Super Mayor. But very clearly felt we were always following God's calling for where we were living. But it has stayed open in our prayers and our, our discussions. So we were reaching another point of change. And so again, we the, should we stay in this country or should we uh, go overseas? So I had the conversation with BMS and... It would be fair to say that we were not thinking about Asia. We'd got some other nearer countries in mind where we thought we might comfortably go and be missionaries.
0: France is very nice.
3: France <laughs> is very nice. And we were we were quite committed to Albania, which we quite liked as yeah. well, because <laughs> uh, that's where we have been doing mission yeah. as a church. So we kind of pictured ourselves in a country which was only a few hours' hmm. flight away. We were imagining a country where we might get away with speaking English, and we, imagining a country where our family would possibly come out to, um, to see us. So the, actually being asked to think about what is the cost and what are you willing to, to do and, and a real sense that God's saying, well, this is an open door and this is open for you. It's your, your choice whether to go through it or not. And then asking yourself the question, if I've always said I'm willing to go anywhere and here is an offer to go and work in, in Bangladesh doing a job that sounds amazing... Uh, and in a role that's really quite exciting then it's a matter of being prepared to trust God to to, to, to take the steps and uh, I think it's harder being older doing the goodbyes and and you've left a lot of life behind but uh, I can safely say we're really excited about going back to Bangladesh and can't imagine anywhere else really for us to be working
2: it's been a, it's been a really good fit for us in terms of just the role and and the opportunity and we often look at each other and say we're we're privileged to be here and and it and we know that God God has put us here and that's just a wonderful place to to be whether that place is romford or devon or <laughs> western supermare or Dhaka in Bangladesh to just know this is the place God wants for us at this time is is just a blessing to know that. One one other thought in my mind was just before or while we were considering the going to Bangladesh, there was a, I was doing a preaching series on Revelation in our in our church, and uh, and it was rekindling in me that. That calling, that like Lou said, had been there for a long time. That, that often, or at times, Jesus just says to his church, uh, "Be faithful. Hold on. Hold on to what you have, and and be faithful." And and you know what it's like in some of our churches in the West, where the criteria of success is sometimes always seen in terms of. Growth and planting and change, and yet there are times and places I think in God's world where where just that message of, as my people, be faithful, keep doing the things that you know you should be doing, retain your first love, uh, and and it was rekindling in me that sense of calling that God, that God wanted us to go and stand alongside a church that just will will we pray benefit from people just encouraging them and standing with them and being alongside and not necessarily driving big external agendas (laughs) because they have their own agendas and their own national leadership but what they really love and this is the role of all of us, I think, as part of the churches as well, what they really love is just people who will be alongside and will encourage and will say, keep being faithful, keep doing the things God's called you to, keep taking steps of, of faith in Christ. And, and that was part of the, the calling and the, us being there as well.
0: Thank you. That's so good to hear. Now, we love getting your prayer letters. So every time you send a prayer letter, the whole church gets it. Okay. It's emailed to everyone in the notice sheet. And some of them read it. <laughs> <laughs> and and your picture sits up on the yeah, wall just there. Uh, like yeah. <laughs> I mean we can take a new one if you don't like it, but <laughs> no, you know.
2: Like <laughs> we like that one. <laughs> but we no longer look like that, suddenly. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna look when I come back. And your prayer
0: letter's always there and we pray constantly for you. And it's just been amazing to read the story of coronavirus. And I don't want to focus on coronavirus because it's all the world seems to talk about, but just so to get it out of the way, so to speak. You know, you left England and half your time since you've been overseas has been in a pandemic in what is a very deprived part of the world without the luxury of the vaccines that we've had Nat. I'm making some assumptions here and you're quite able to correct me. Tell us what it's felt like in that place and what's been the real challenges that have been on top of that which you expected?
3: I think, um, well, it'd be the same as the UK. There was a lot of fear in in Bangladesh about the virus and it's a country where there's no... National Health Service, obviously, so uh, if you get sick, you have to pay for your treatment. So people are very... I think at the beginning, there was a kind of... um, We were speaking to someone, and they said, well, I went to get my test, and they just said, what's the point? Because there's no cure for this, so why would you spend money on a test? And I think for us, that was an extra layer about being there, but knowing that we might not be able to access... The same level of healthcare, and certainly, people around us couldn't access any any healthcare support in the same way that you you can in the UK. And when the country went into lockdown, then immediately we saw a huge difference on the streets. So when we go out, we are there's a lot of people that do beg and ask for money. So we are accustomed to people uh, asking us for money very regularly. But there was a lot more a lot more people out on the street, a lot more children um, begging and, and some quite aggressive begging around that so people would come and touch you so that you might give money so that they'd stop touching you. So it w- what had been a very friendly kind of environment felt very fearful and hostile when we went out. That was during the first lockdown when there was a lot of, of fear and anxiety. So that was quite hard and then all the flights stopped out of Bangladesh so we were very much kind of locked in with the country and knew we were about to journey uh, with them really which has been a real, it's been a real blessing that we did that and I think it made quite a statement, a a bigger statement in a way because we felt complete peace and we, we prayed about it so we were like we are joyfully staying here because it's what we feel God is saying to us. Um, but but um, nearly everyone else left the country, and so we are always introduced as the missionaries who who stayed. So uh, we've become the ones that <laughs> that stayed. So we've now <laughs> escaped during <our laughs> Omicron. But um, and then the second. So I think the the amount of people that were in poverty right on your in your in your face really, and then looking out of our window and we'd be watching people queuing to get to get their free food was quite. was quite traumatic really um so just the level of immediate need was very tangible on on the streets of of bangladesh and we did a big um because you're great here in the uk because you you go oh let's give some money to something to help people so we did a big covid relief um project uh, and gave people 10 pounds we just gave families who are in need uh, Christian families, 10 pounds, who could then feed their families um, for about three weeks. Uh, so lockdown ended. Schools closed, and they stayed closed for 18 months, which was just disastrous for education. There is some online, but as you can imagine, most people don't have any laptops or or means of following school. So basically, children have been out of school for 18, 18 months, and that's led to a lot of... Depression and anxiety amongst young people about their their futures and a huge amount of missed time and then the delta wave you could feel it coming because uh, India borders the whole of bangladesh and and so we were going into lockdown incrementally from the outside in and you just felt it you felt it coming didn't you and then and then we went into total in total lockdown and the vaccination program had been going for about two months when the Delta hit, and then there was just no vaccine that Bangladesh could buy. So there was a complete absence of vaccination going on at the time when the virus was at its absolute worst. And that's when it really started to tell for people. And although the death rate is quite low, I would say that we know of quite a number of people who died of COVID, quite a number of pastors who died of COVID. So I think there there will have been a lot more death and is is registered and I think for me it was kind of hearing someone totaling up what it cost so explaining well you're going to need 80 pounds for an oxygen cylinder and you need to buy your own and then you need to pay for your either the floor or the hospital bed so that's 10 pounds a night or 30 pounds a night and then if you need to refill your cylinder you're going to need to do that yourself so that's another 50 pounds and just Families were plunged into poverty because they were paying for care for their loved ones. So that is such a difference from from our experience of being in the the UK. And BMS, again, did send some aid to Bangladesh. And so we've we've been able to help a number of families (coughs) pay off their debts that they incurred as a result of paying for treatment. But we know a lot of people in poverty just decided... They they didn't go to get help. They just quietly died and passed away at home.
0: It's mind blowing it? when you think of where we are. We just we've had free we've had free vaccines, we can get free medical help, you know, and we've been moaning. And this is what's happening on the other side of the
2: world. We were we were in the uh, theology college chatting to some of the students there, and. Uh, and one of the young guys said uh, said to us, he said, in in the village area where he comes from, he said he said no one's get got been tested, nobody has died of COVID, but everybody old is now dead, and and so you, yeah, you just realise that uh, the reality well the reality of the situation is is grave in some of those those places. And we'll never know what the real figures no. are, or what or what the cause was. And we all die at some point, as we know. But but it was just it, it brought it home to me that mm. that life's been tough for families.
3: And they've and reclosed the schools now because of the Omicron okay. variant, and forbidden religious meetings over a hundred, which is can be quite challenging because the winter's the time when everyone gathers in Bangladesh because it's the cool time. So. There's a, a bit of uncertainty again. And we've got quite a few friends in Bangladesh who've got COVID at the, the moment. So it's quite, it's quite real. And I think the, the first year of COVID, there was a lot of folk showing a lot of interest. And I think one of the things that's been harder in this second year is that everybody has been so involved in COVID that there's been a lot less, lot less kind of offers of support. So BMS has, has done well because BMS made contact and went, can we help again? But I think there's a feeling like we were all quite enthusiastic in that first year and giving and, and we're going to battle this and there's an end in sight and second year there's a lot more, more weariness. So I think we had some months when we felt quite quite alone and the Baptist churches felt quite alone that the outside world wasn't asking anymore because everyone was so sort of caught up in it.
0: I mean, it's just mind-blowing hearing those stories um, because, you know, that's not our experience here. Obviously, the sort of picture book missionaries go out with their tin hats to stand in a stew pot while preaching, you know. BMS World Mission, um, yeah, I'm a fan of BMS World Mission, you'll be pleased to know. So am I. <laughs> 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 um, But... but they, they are holistic in the way they care for people. They do tell the gospel. And, you know, nothing better than somebody being baptized and coming to faith and that. How has your ministry, and I'm going to use that, your mission ministry, been used by God in Bangladesh? Where have you seen God at work? I didn't say the questions would be easy.
2: Yeah, that's a big, <laughs> that's a good question and a big, uh, a big question. I think at a personal level, we've we find the situation stretching uh, spiritually. I think one of the things that happens, and that would be a common experience for mission people going overseas, is that you uh, you get tested if you like in in the places where you where you're vulnerable and you and you rely deeply on the the kind of practices that sustain you in your spiritual life so i think god's been at work in us in just keeping us keeping us together and <laughs> just praying together supporting each other having time to talk about you know when we pray together and read read scripture, just talking about what's going on for each other. And, and just those, those kind of practices that we always, we know, are good for us. But those kind of things have been really, really essential for us. Uh, and so God's been at work in us. The other thing that happens all the time in Bangladesh is, is wherever you go, people may ask you to say something. You know, sister will now bring a word uh, you know, whether you're in someone's house or in a huge meeting or a local church, sister will now bring a word or brother will now bring a message. And so everywhere we go, we sit there uh, with hearts thumping, thinking, oh, no, oh no. <laughs> I mean, we love bringing God's word, but we've got used to, in this country, preparing for when we're going to bring a word. But there you need to be, be ready all the time. And so learning, at, again, at the personal end of things, trying to relax I've not managed this yet but trying to rely on God that that if you're asked to share something somehow will God will give you something <laughs> worth sharing and for the encouragement of people and just that dependence on on the spirit has been has been good to learn or good to try to learn uh, in the ministry we found ourselves doing a whole number of things that we never thought you know, we think, how? Are, why are we doing this? You know, we're doing wash training, you know, s- sanitation and hygiene training with with hundreds of kids because we've just installed uh, a new tube well and and slab latrines in their villages. And you think, I was a pastor in Western Supermare and loser, <laughs> a social worker. How have we ended up running projects where where we we feel like we don't know? much about it, but it's been wonderful to see how how holistically that transforms community life. The story behind that was, was there was one of the church planters that BMS supports up in, in the tea garden areas. Uh, a number of people were becoming Christians and he was baptising them, but they were from a kind of tribal he, uh, Hindu Hindu background. And when they became Christians, then, then the local people basically turned against them and said, you, you can no longer use the community tube well and you can no longer use the toilet. And so they were in quite a, uh, well, a very difficult situation of, of persecution, really, for having, becoming followers of Christ. And so they contacted the Baptist denomination that we're seconded to and said, is there anything we can do to help? And so we, uh, we, applied for some funding and got this project going for drilling tube wells and installing toilets and and they put those toilets not just in in the places where they knew the families needed it but they said can we have a couple extra and then we can put some toilets in this little community over here where we think there might be an opening for the gospel so we so we went and put a toilet <laughs> a toilet in about sort of five miles away, wasn't it? And and a few months later, we're able to visit that village, where he'd gathered the community together. It was mainly the women and children, and a few men standing outside. And and because of installing a toilet, it had opened the door, and we were able to just share the gospel and, and gently introduce them to what it meant to following Jesus. And the local pastor is now following that up and planting a church in that community. So it's been f- fabulous to just see how the holistic approach has opened doors and that God is a God is at work step by step. But there's, I've got lots of stories running through my mind, but do you want to share something? It's,
3: it's just to say that we, it's not like we've got our own ministry, it's yeah. like we're just part of a whole team yeah. and God uses us for a little bit here and a little bit there and I think in a way, the first two years in Bangladesh, the uh, local people just kind of working out kind of what use we were that they could put us to, uh, and so we did all sorts of things that we'd never really um, expected. And sometimes people say, "Oh, I love what you did," because now I can go and do something different. And you think, "Oh, uh, okay, that wasn't quite what we were expecting to be the outcome of what we were doing." But 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 things just happen, and we um, we're part of a big picture. So God. Uses us in different ways at different times, but you can never say we've done anything. We're just part of the move of the Spirit and following very much following where God's at work, which is a lovely position to be to be in.
2: We have some. I think who wrote about this in one of the prayer letters. So, one of the places that we we've, we've been uh, a couple of times is to do some. Uh, Christian leaders' training in in the Hill Tracks area, which is on the east east side of Bangladesh, and it's uh, it's a sensitive area. So the first the politically sensitive. So the first time we went, we had uh, we had bodyguards with us, which was a fairly uh, interesting experience. And three three armed police went with us everywhere that we went, to all of the meetings and even to the shops. And they were there to protect us because it was. Uh, which, which was amazing. So this really. isn't
0: a new form of evangelism. <laughs> the <band-top laughs> yes, it's the shot. end of a gun type <laughs> of evangelism.
2: <They laughs> so a captive audience. <laughs> it was, so it, but that was am- amazing. And, and, and in the Hill Tracks area, the people had travelled for a couple of days to come and to sort of take this opportunity to receive some, some, some you know, alpha, alpha course type training would be the easiest way of describing, just basic Christian training. Uh, And and just sitting in a room of of about 30 mainly young Christian leaders, uh, all from different or, or six or seven different tribal groups represented, all speaking different languages, but having a tiny bit of English and all speaking Bangla, and just sitting with them in a room, talking about Jesus and what Jesus has done, and praying with them and And uh, a couple of times, just the presence of God's spirit was really strong and powerful. And they're crying and repenting and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, And they're writing down the little things we gave them about, you know, scripture references and translating it from English to Bangla and then into their tribal language. And holding these cards that we'd given out saying, I can go back to my village and, and share this message with the people in my village in our own language because of what you've been able to bring to us. And you just think, wow, this is <laughs> what a privilege to be able to, to share the gospel in simple ways with people who are so excited about God. They want to share it last time you we were there just a couple of months ago. When we, we sent them out on a prayer walk as part of the training, saying, "Well, you know you can just go and pray for your community as you walk around why didn 't you go out and do that and And they went out, and they 're so passionate about the gospel, they came back saying, "Well, we did some praying, but while we were there, uh, we talked to a person who we met here, and we shared the gospel with them, and then we met someone else, and they weren 't feeling well, so we prayed for them and then, and, and it was just stories of of real excitement about sharing the gospel with others. And they came back saying, well, 50% of my village have become Christians, but now inspired by the message, I'm going back and we're praying for the other 50% to all become Christians. And you just you just think, what a, what a blessing that is. It's exciting to see Wonderful. the gospel. I mean, I could tell you lots of other much harder Harder stories <laughs> because the Christian population in Bangladesh is tiny, which is why BMS work there. It's one of the least evangelized countries in the world and a really hard place to preach the gospel. But but Jesus is to answer your question, Jesus is at work and we've seen him at, at work in some lovely ways.
0: That's wonderful. Great to hear these stories, and I think they're refreshing to hear, particularly from our Western comfortable. Romford place where you know being a Christian is not that hard here although sometimes we moan about it um, I'm going to ask in a moment if anybody here has got a question so you might want to be thinking ready for a question but whilst they're thinking what do you miss most about the western world what's the thing you, mi- you miss about England when you're out there in
2: Bangladesh Say cheese. Cheese. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is
3: a kind of negative, really. It's that I can sit here now, and I'm, I'm cool, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too hot. And, and nothing is biting me. <laughs> and I'm not sweating. That so I just miss being cool and not bitten. it's just it's really sad but (laughs) you just get bitten by mosquitoes the whole time and and it's always really really hot and and everything is a little bit of an effort and so there's just something really nice when you come back to the UK and just sit on a settee and you think oh this is nice this is soft this is cozy so we don't miss it per se Mm. but when you come back you suddenly go and you can turn the tap on and you put your toothbrush under the tap and you can clean your teeth and you don't have to filter the water and boil the water so I think life's a little bit more straightforward here and I can speak English in the shops and everyone understands me so I miss being part of that kind of just being familiar culture really
2: I think one of the things we've noticed and I've Commented on is is doing things in your mother tongue, just how important that is, and we need to we need to remind ourselves of that quite a lot in <laughs> in Bangladesh, where our tendency is to try and you know for ouries we we do some quite a lot in English, uh, and and when we're in Bangladesh, obviously we're worshiping in Bangla and we're trying to read Scripture in Bangla. And we're trying to have basic conversations all, all in Bangla, which is hard work. But when you come back to the UK and you're in a UK church and you can just sing to God in your part language, your mother tongue, you realise how, how powerful that is and how, how profound <laughs> it is just that encountering God in your own, in your own language. This, that maybe just sounds a bit bizarre, but uh, but it's it's been uh, looking at it from sitting here tonight. That's something I I miss being yeah. able to do. I love singing in Bangla, but there's just when you are communicating with God in your mother tongue, there's something mm-hmm. lovely the about it. It's still, heart, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing is cheese and chocolate. Cheese and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's easier to answer.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, anybody got a question? I'm going to repeat the question so that it's heard online. But anybody here got a question? Yeah, Hannah. Okay, so I'm going to repeat the question for those online. Uh, Going to Bangladesh, new culture, new everything. How did you make the adjustments to the new culture having left England? Slowly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, because we started language learning really early on, and that took up quite a lot of time. So I think that was really helpful for us. So we couldn't go charging into anything because every day we had to go go to school. Um, <laughs> and that was very difficult. So I think I think that actually gave us time to do a lot of observation so that we could kind of pick up what was going on just by by watching. And I think it saved us making lots of huge mistakes that we would have done because we couldn't communicate. So I I think learning the culture has just for us been a bit about being quite watchful. Um, and as we've learned Bangla, then you learn more about the culture through the way the language works. So that, that was very instructional. So it was almost like being given lessons on what's important to Bangladesh. So that kind of probably helped us. And, and we have always loved traveling. So we are naturally quite excited by new cultures. So a whole lot of it wasn't a problem because it was just, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just amazing. I want to make sure I'm in a CNG. Life is different. And, and we... We thrive a little bit, so our personalities are ones that thrive on new experiences. So some of it was quite nurturing, really, because it was so new and exciting and stimulating. And we've just about stopped taking pictures of banana trees, but we still get excited. Go, banana tree! (laughs) Pineapple! (laughs) Mango!
0: (laughs) Susan, I saw your hand. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Let me uh, try and paraphrase that question: What do they think you are? <laughs> but for the for wider That's context, for question. those online, when you're trying to speak in their language, how do they receive you? What do they make of
2: these uh, white British people trying to speak Bangla? Well, they hmm. they love it when when we try to, when we speak Bangla uh, because they see it as being. Uh, people who are, who are showing a respect and love for their language and for their nation so it's hugely important to, to, be, to be trying and then after they've told you how much they love it then they start correcting you <laughs> because they're very open with their criticism and nearly everybody everywhere gets introduced as they're very good at bangla and they're not <laughs> they're not very good at bangla and to be honest we're in the second category rather than the rather than the first uh, we get excused a lot because they recognize that we're quite old and so uh and so they say to us again, very openly, you're struggling with Bangla because you're so old, <laughs> which makes you, it's kind of a double whammy, isn't it? It makes you feel even, <laughs> even worse. But the, 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 the really important thing for Bangladesh is that the whole foundation of the country of Bangladesh was actually to do with language. That if you know your history of partition and then the history of the war of independence in 1971, the, the issue that the Bengali people were fighting for was that they didn't want to be ruled from West Pakistan with the imposition of Urdu as the, as the language for both East and West Pakistan. And they basically said, first and foremost, we are Bengalis and we will speak Bangla. And so the language is hugely significant for the identity of, of the nation and the people. So, so they love it that we try. They know we're not very good, but we're determined to just keep trying <laughs> and keep learning and get as far as we, as we can with it.
0: Thank you. Rodney, was it your hand I saw up? Okay, I'm going to paraphrase your question and it will be a lot shorter than the one you just asked. But I think the main two points is how much do you rely on the locals to do the evangelism? How much are you empowering them? How much do you do directly? And the second part is once people become Christians, how do they get discipled? Is that fair, Rodney? Thank you. <laughs>
2: Great, great question. Uh, the answer to the first part is that almost completely we depend and the work depends on national evangelists and pastors. So what we do, uh, the phrase that's often used to us and that we often use as well is that what we contribute is is leadership from behind. So, uh, so they say to us, both for safety reasons and also for cultural appropriateness reasons they said you need to be right in the background uh, encourage support and train but the people doing the work are the Bangladeshi pastors and evangelists and so our our role is very much to to be behind them and the the way that people are discipled is the back the the Bangladesh Baptist Church Shongo which is kind of the BU equivalent in Bangladesh, that when when a new area is opening up, and this is something we're working on at the moment through the development of a kind of mission department, uh, w- when a new area opens up, then they like to place people in the community as close as possible to the community, so that they can live and work among the people. And there's some difficult questions. Uh, you know, the sensitivity issues and, and potential, uh, yeah, hostility issues uh, that need to be considered when they're making those decisions. But basically the the program for discipleship is that if people are, are becoming uh, Christians, then we want to try and get a Bengali person living closely with them, trying to help them to work Working holistically as well, often through through working with the children, through women's empowerment, through preschools, uh, as well as as well as just in in meeting in discipleship groups and doing uh, theology by extension books they have and use the Jesus film as just a way of nurturing people in their Christian in their Christian understanding. So I don't know if that does that answer the most of the question that's kind of that's kind of how it was but there's a great there's a real shortage actually uh for for there's 385 churches in the shongo and about 160 180 pastors and evangelists and and there's a whole number of new areas that are opening up uh but there's a real shortage of of workers uh and Called workers and quality workers because the the salaries that can be given to people are very very small, and the cost and risk for people moving away from family or taking family into new areas is is significant. So there's some real real challenges for the the churches to to train to to call people to be able to train them and then to be able to support them in ministry. So some of the most recent grants that BMS have, have generously given, the two main focus areas actually for this next three-year cycle are, are in the support of people in training and then, and then support through the mission, a mission department to help to get evangelists and pastors into the new outreach areas. So it's an exciting area, but it's really challenging.
0: Okay, any other questions? Carmen?
3: Yeah, so we live in, um, we live in Dhaka and and that's kind of where our home is and then we travel out to all the different... So we get the best of both worlds, really. We get Dhaka living and and then we get to see the whole of the the country for short periods of time. And and we kind of just rely on the leaders to decide when we're going to be a help in an area and when we're going to be a hindrance. So we're quite a novelty and I quite often play my flute and we can gather a crowd quite quickly and that's sometimes really good for the gospel and other times we're an absolute hindrance and they say, give it a few more years, we might take you there. So we, uh, <laughs> we travel where we're invited and where we are deemed to be helpful.
0: Thank you. Question?
4: Okay. Okay.
0: okay. So for repeating the question for online, have you ever felt threatened or in danger uh, because of your faith there? And how do you deal with that?
2: I think for us personally, the answer is no. That we've never, uh, yeah, we've never in the last few years we've never been in a situation where we feel un- under threat. In fact, like I was saying about having the, the armed escort into some of the places that we go, because we, because we work with the with the with the recognised Christian denomination, uh, and because the constitution. Of Bangladesh uh, guarantees protection for people who are working, who are either Muslim, Hindu, or Christian. If they are, uh, if they're working with a recognised uh, orga- religious organisation within the remit of that organisation, then they will protect you rather than be hostile to you. So the the risk is is not f- is not for us. The risk is actually. Uh, for for others who are who are working in new areas uh, or places where uh, yeah where they're preaching the gospel, but that's and and obviously different. Our visa restrictions <laughs> limit <laughs> us to what to what we should do. So our work is is very much within the the shongo. Uh, Bangladeshis obviously in their own country, probably like possibly like your experience in northern Nigeria, then, then in your own country you do you have the freedom to do what you what you want to do in your own country but also the risks associated with that as well. So we're we're a step a step removed.
0: Thank you. I saw Thank some you. other sorry did you want to say something?
3: I was just gonna say and we get quite a lot of warning from um, the, the local British government so sometimes we do stay in because they'll say there's risk of a threat and and other times there will be police put in the churches so that because there's been a credible threat so the area we live in there are there are threats but we're kind of protected by the by the state so the Bangladeshi state wants to keep us safe and and gives us fair warning and we are just
2: but yeah
3: but we feel quite I I think we feel more unsafe on the roads
2: (laughs) Yeah. then we do yeah. the, bangladesh, the bangladesh government has a zero tolerance approach to all extremism and so and so islamic extremism uh, in bangladesh is basically people get executed mm. <laughs> Right. There, there's there's no tolerance of it. So so there are uh, it's very strongly and firmly a Muslim a Muslim country, but they don't tolerate extremism. And so five years ago, when there was a significant uh, terrorist attack in, in Dhaka, then then the government since then have clamped down really really heavily. And so every time there is word of any of any threat from extremism. They, they phone the general secretary. We've been there when he's received the phone calls at times saying there's a threat against Christians at the moment. We would like to put police on all of your church buildings for the Easter festival, for example, in order to keep the Christians safe. So the government uh, very vigilant in that respect.
0: Thank you. Did I see another hand somewhere in the middle here? a question or not? Glynis. Okay, now now it's the time for the outtakes. Have you made any (laughs) accidental cultural faux pas?
3: Probably, and they're probably laughing about them at the moment. (laughs) We've done some linguistic ones. So I, I um, I got the word for torture and the word for election. Mixed up, so I, I describe being involved in um, a local leader's torture rather than a local leader's election process. So uh, that, that entertained my uh...
2: the classic, the clas- classic missionary mistakes. So the words for light and potato are almost identical to the English ear, and so missionaries have preached whole sermons on Jesus being the potato of the world. <laughs> 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 and the other, the other classic one was about was the words for Satan and chi- children are almost are almost identical. So again, you can get into big trouble if your if your pronunciation's slightly off. The, the the cultural the cultural faux pas is uh, that we that we have to be really cautious of is, is there's great respect for hierarchy and senior people. Uh, and and you need to, we, we need to take constant care of that, we work with the people who are senior in the organisation and so you, you, you need to be, we need to be careful that, that we're not heard as being a critical voice, certainly not publicly, in a public setting you just wouldn't do that, and even privately you're, you're always respectful uh, encouraging and offering thoughts and ideas, and trying not to say things in a way that that sounds like you're being c- critical or negative about decisions being made by those in authority. And so, from a from a British point of view, where we're quite <laughs> carefree in our criticism of those in authority, then uh, then then we need to take a lot of care on that, and occasionally of have come a bit too close to that line and thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that that way or That's, that, was, that was wrong, but they... So the relationship building is really, really important to, uh, to give us some margin for error on that, that people know we love them and we're committed to them now, I think. <laughs> and, so, and so there's a little bit more margin for,
0: for error. Hmm. Richard. just repeat the question, so you you uh, give out a lot, where do you get your energy, do you have deep meaningful relationships, how do you get sustenance yourself? So
3: I think really our, our morning prayer times together are our main spiritual sustenance. I actually really enjoy singing in Bangla, so I'm not like Pete, I don't have to be singing in English, so I, I do enjoy our, we read the Bible together in the office and we sing and it is in Bangla, but I actually, I actually find that very. I love the music, so I find that quite, quite nurturing. We do belong to um, a church, but because it's all in Bangla, it's a lot, a lot harder. We, we don't spend, we probably don't spend any time with people who have English as their first language at all. We've got one, one friend who we probably see two or three times a year in Dhaka, uh, so we don't have those kind of friendships with the expat community and the language barrier is such that I think it's still quite difficult to have a really, a really relaxed relationship. We've got really good relationships with some people and we enjoy being with them and we would count them as our friends. But I think the thing you notice about when you're back in your own culture and you've got, you can use silence and you've got nuance and you've got humor that's all shared, it's a lot easier to be, be relaxed with people, so we haven't quite, the culture's just so different, and our language skills are not not good enough to have really deep relationships, but we have, we count all our friends as people in Bangladesh, and they are Bangladeshi, and we, we don't have relationships really um, outside of that community. Mm. So, Billy, no mates really, but <laughs> God has sustained us. <laughs>
0: As we come towards a close, I'm going to ask you the question you've been asked a hundred times, but we need to hear the answer. How can we support and pray for you? What is it that you would want to say to one of your partner churches where you're our link missionaries, you're on our wall, but that's not enough for you to know your picture, however good a picture it is, is on a wall of a church in Romford. How can we bless you and support you and in what ways would you like us to be praying for you
3: i think for us one of the strongest things is a that you're praying for us and that we're not alone but actually um knowing that you're also standing alongside us praying for bangladesh because the needs are huge and it can be Overwhelming to feel like we're the only ones seeing this and we're the only ones hearing about it and therefore we're the only ones carrying it. So it, it is really helpful to know that we are not the only ones praying for Bangladesh and caring passionately about it. So in a way, please be passionate. I know you've got other missionary countries, but having people who are passionate about Bangladesh and caring uh, counts. It's huge. And it's huge to be able to go... This church prayed for the whole of Bangladesh and to know that you're praying for the leaders. So please pray for us, but please pray for Oshim and for John, who are the two leaders that we work alongside the most, because they are right in the firing line and and carrying a huge burden. And it'd be really good if you could pray. There's some areas where the gospel is going into, and I, I think that area needs to be saturated in in prayer and those evangelists need protection. So if you can pray for the new area, I think God will follow that quite nicely and, and just pray for those new believers and where the gospel is is most at work in, in Bangladesh at the moment. So I think that that sense that you care about us but you, you share our burden for the country counts the most, certainly for me, because otherwise mm-hmm. it feels a bit of a lonely we're the only BMS missionaries in Bangladesh and it's only us banging on about it. So join us. Be passionate.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I would I would echo that, that I'm thinking about the people that we spend every day with who are who are carrying the that calling from God and are passionate for the gospel and their and this is their nation and their people and and they cope with all the, the need and the problems and sometimes the criticism and politics that you have in any organization of people. But they, they want to see Bangladesh reached with the gospel. And if you pray for them, then that would just be great. We'll send you some names and some more detail about mm-hmm. some of these people. But that would just be a huge huge thing for them to know they said to us before we came this is the the general secretary and assistant general secretary or and john and they said to us before we came they, you know take our greetings to all the uk baptist churches that you visit say thank you to them for standing alongside us and praying for them praying for us and they said make sure you pass that on so i'm glad you've given the opportunity to do that and and they would just be thrilled to know that romford baptist church is praying for them by name and is interested in what's going on in their lives and that they they would have that personal connection they would they would be blessed by that
0: that's lovely and yeah if you could send the names through that would be really wonderful and i will share that because i think it's good that people have those names and that um and we will we do pray for you Thank you. You're regularly prayed for in our yeah. services. You're regularly prayed for. I know when the prayer meetings are happening, you know people are bringing up you as people and the ministry you're in. You know, I, it's very hard to be able to portray that to you how much actually, but people do care. Yeah. And well, I you. think
3: the fact that we've stayed alive in Bangladesh <laughs> and safe, and uh, we, we're going, someone's carrying us in prayer because otherwise we wouldn't have done the last. For, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think we're a living testimony to, mm. your, to your prayers. And please
0: take the greetings of Romford Baptist Church we're, back with you. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. hopefully this partnership is one that will grow yeah. and uh, be a part of our story going yeah. forward as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've had an amazing time. We've heard some amazing things about what God's about. And it will be good to pray. And I've asked Jan to lead us in prayer towards the end. But I'm going to invite us to stand as we pray. Uh, I know that's not a normal practice. When I go across Europe, when I used to be with the Eastern Baptists, uh, sorry, the European Baptists, uh, I used to go, and they all stood for prayer and sat for singing. It confused me totally. But there's something about standing in the presence of God. Can I ask one of you to pass your mic to Jan? And then she's got something that we will hear what she's going to say. Jan, thank you.
1: Um, Just language. (laughs) I managed to tell a whole bunch of women and their babies to stay for a little while longer, because in a few minutes we will slaughter your children (laughs) rather than vaccinate. (laughs) 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 They graciously stayed. (laughs) People appreciate it. It's been wonderful to have you with us this evening. It's been a real blessing, a real challenge. And... We'd be honoured to stand with you and pray for you tonight and ongoing. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for Pete and Louise. Father God, thank you for this couple who you have directed throughout their lives and you've now placed this call upon them. Thank you for the courage that you've given them to step out and to follow you on paths that were absolutely unknown and so far away from their boys. Father God, we thank you that you went ahead of them, you opened the door, you led them through, and that you've blessed their boys as well. And tonight, we just remember Callum and Jonah, and Lord, we just pray your blessing, your continued blessing over them. Keep them safe and watch over them, we pray, and direct their futures as they seek to Finish universities and to start careers. Lord, guide and lead and draw them close to you, we pray. Father, we pray for them, for Pete and Louise, as they again need to adjust as they head back to Bangladesh. And Father, we do pray for your blessing over them. We thank you for the way you've protected them and guided them. But Father, We recognize it's really difficult to be the only English speakers and to only have each other, to not be able to do their normal choice of activities, of being outside and climbing and cycling. Lord, we just pray that you would meet their needs, that they would find new ways to be and to live, and that, Father God, with Um, only other Bangladeshi friends around them. Lord, we pray that their language skills would continue to increase, that they'd be able to engage in those deeper, just general chit-chat conversations that can be so hard to um, engage in. Lord, bless them. And as they head back, I just pray their language would just develop in ways that are utterly of you, that, Father God, you would anoint them and bless them father you've called them to be faithful to be alongside to be leaders from behind and father god as they head back into that role lord i pray that you would make them such a blessing to those who have been called by you who are seeking to serve their own people in bangladesh lord may they know the right thing to say to people May they know how to pray for them. May they know that they've been placed at the right point just at that moment when someone needs them to be there supporting, blessing, encouraging their brothers and sisters in you. And Father God, we pray for the teams out there. We particularly want to remember Shem and John, and just ask for your anointing and your protection over them. Lord, we thank you for how excited people are to be sharing your good news. And Father God, we just pray that as people are responding to your gospel, that you would raise up many, many more people to be pastors, to be evangelists, to share that good news, to be able to teach and lead and guide and disciple your people That, Lord, many, many hundreds of thousands of people would come to know you. Lord, thank you for these people. And we pray that as a church, you would burden us with this country. That, God, you'd put a passion in our hearts for this country. And that, Lord, Pete and Louise wouldn't be far from our minds and our prayers on a day-to-day basis. Lord, thank you for the responsibility that you've blessed us with. Thank you that we're part of a worldwide church. And Lord, thank you that we've got this little fingertip touch into this country. Lord, what a privilege, what a blessing to be able to pray for one another. And so Lord, we thank you for Pete and Louise and their family. We pray your blessing on them. And we pray you'd continue to use them and the church in Bangladesh in mighty ways. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: As we come towards a conclusion, let's sing that great hymn of faith. In Christ alone my hope is found. We know for Peter and Louise, it's in Christ that they're inspired, they're equipped. Thank you for being with us tonight. Can I just remind you that we have got the Tuesday evening prayer meeting when we can be praying for Bangladesh amongst other things online and on Wednesday we have the midday service or the 1245 service even but the service in the middle of the day and then Wednesdays at RBC when we're looking at the theology of the Trinity and that's available online as well on Zoom. And uh, next Sunday evening, there is no evening service. It's a fifth Sunday, and we want to encourage you. Bless one another. It's a time you can ring up somebody or invite somebody around or whatever. Just a time just to be together next Sunday evening. May God bless you. May God strengthen you. May God overwhelm you with his love. And may God give you his peace. There's going to be a blessing sung now over us. So just feel free to sit down. Don't rush away. Be blessed by God. And then after that, if anybody's got any energy, the chairs could be going done and going back in rows. God bless.